listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 500. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we discuss the season two premiere of the Fox series Fringe. Yeah, 500, dude. Um, I know. It's crazy, man, right? Now, Fred brings up in his feedback, and here we are, like, uh, what, 21 seconds into the podcast, and we're already talking about Fred's feedback. That's right. And uh, he was congratulating us, uh, which we obviously appreciate. And he was talking about, well, you know, 500, what is that, gold, uh, platinum? You know, he, <laughs> he didn't know what kind of metal. Dude, I think it's clearly heavy metal. Yes. <laughs> so Definitely. Uh, anyway, there we go. Um, but, yeah, some of you might, if you go to the website, you, you might see, well, it says 500 and, I don't know, 29 episodes or whatever you know our numbering system has had um you know some different approaches for different kinds of episodes but the main episodes are are you know in in the 500 number but anyway like a lot um, of take fives in there and stuff like that right right and then there were even some like uh, rewinds and uh, i don't even remember (laughs) i have to go back and look uh it's been a while 2012 dang yeah, that's crazy. It seems yeah. like 2012 was not that long ago, but in actuality, it was. Yeah, no kidding. So, All right, well, let's get to uh, tip of the week, what we're watching. And I returned to give the Netflix dystopian series 3% another shot. Have you seen it? Nope. Really? Okay. Have, have you run across it on your net? Uh, I feel like you mentioned it before. Well, I had only seen one episode in uh-huh. probably a couple of years ago. There, there's four seasons. I'm not sure if that's. I think that's it. I, I think they concluded after four seasons. But the basic premise is that there, you know, every year the citizens of you know whatever this nondescript. I guess it's, it's a Brazilian series, so I can't remember if they actually name any kind of cities. But the people are really poor. It's, it's really run down. And they get to participate, if you're lucky enough, uh, in, in this uh, basically contest to make it to 3% of that year's class. And then you get to go off island and live, you know, in, in basically luxury where there's plenty of food, uh, clothing, you know, all, all that good stuff. So. Um, so we're watching, you know, this year's class try to go through the process. And then meanwhile, we, we watch the people that are conducting the process and it's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I can see on the one hand why I stopped after one episode and it's, I'm six episodes into season one. Now there are eight episodes in the season. I believe there are eight in all four seasons or, or thereabout. So uh, you know, so far so good. I'm I'm not rushing through it. I've got other things I'm I'm watching, but yeah, so far so good. Cool. All right, what do you got? Well, uh, for me, basically, this was the week I was able to kind of catch up and finish a bunch of series. Well, a bunch of them finished for me, but I was just sent to finish and watch them. So uh, three shows that. Uh, um, I, I was watching uh, two of them that were releasing uh, week to week and one that had dropped all at the same time. So I think I talked about Vox Machina last week, so I'm not going to go into more detail except that uh, you know I finished the season two of that and it was really, really good. Um, and now I'm faced with waiting for however long until uh, they get season three up. Of course, it's <clears throat> you think with an animated show that they could – probably kick those out a little bit quicker than they would you know normal so i don't i don't know i know zero about production of animation so you know the show that finished up uh was bad batch which was uh again one of the star wars animated shows and it was really really good and and that show just continues to be very strong and uh like i said if you liked clone wars or especially clone wars because a, a lot of the stuff that they draw um, comes from the Clone Wars, and then I think Episode Six, we see a character 
uh, one of the characters, uh, a very, very, very minor character, kind of sneeze, and you probably would have missed him type of character from Clone Wars, made an appearance in um, Bad Batch, was this this focus of that episode. And it was really cool. Like, it was just really cool. And, yeah, the more, and then, especially when I thought about how kind of obscure of a character that was for him to show up, it was awesome. And then finally, uh, National Treasure, The Edge of History, which, again, as a um, you know, kind of guilty pleasure, I don't know if it really is, but I mean, you know, I don't really look to to be educated by any of the National Treasure movies or shows or anything, but they are just super enjoyable, and uh, I liked it. And the there's a, um, you know, I, I, I will admit, uh, watching the last couple episodes of Edge of History, that there were some times I thought that they were maybe pushing my credulity a little too far. Um, and there's a huge plot twist. That obviously I'm not even going to breathe a hint of, but this plot twist I thought was just so ludicrous. Um, I mean, I kind of get it and they did make it work narratively, but it just seemed like so way out of left field. So, um, yeah, because a, yeah, hi- a hidden message on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Right. That's, that's super believable. believable. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, if I buy that, right? <laughs> like everything else they do, uh, they pretty much got me with. Um, so, so yeah, but it was, it, it was cool. And a lot of the stuff that we love for National Treasure movies, which is like, you know, solving puzzles and going through, you know, defying death, going through, you know, traps and, Things like that. It was, but it was cool. Uh, probably, I think a little more violent than the movies. There's, there were some legit people getting killed. Uh, the body count was really starting to pile up in the last two episodes. I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I've never squirmed away from violence and anything, but I don't know if I'm enjoying all the violence in my national treasure. You know, like a, that's uh, kind of not, it's not their jam, really per se. But I guess, you know, having bad guys that actually kill people kind of makes them more nefarious. So I guess maybe that's why they did it. But, uh, but still, if, uh, if you are a National Treasure fan of, the, a fan of the movies and you have not seen the series yet, I uh, give you the thumbs up. It's, I think you'll, you'll like it. Uh, even, like I said, most, as, you, as you pointed out, like, you, know, you accept a certain level of ridiculousness with the National Treasure franchise there. So Cool. All right. I, yeah, I'm... I would love to see it, but it's on a service that I don't have. Hulu? Is that what it's on? No, it's Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Yeah. So eh, maybe someday. But I'm just saying, man, when you get Disney Plus, you start watching a Marvel movie here and there. Next thing you know, you just every night, yeah. you watch the Captain America movies, the Iron Man movies, you're hooked, you're in. All right. Well, what I am hooked on, what I am in, is the rewatch of Fringe. Oh, yeah. Season two, episode one, titled A New Day in the Old Town, written by J.J. Abrams and Akiva Goldsman, directed by Akiva Goldsman, aired September 17th, 2009. And, you know, I I was saying to my wife uh, as I was getting ready to come up to record that it's been so long since I've seen this episode 13 years and while, and you're probably the same, you know, I, I I remember a lot of the major plot points, but a lot of the smaller ones, not so much. So it's just really enjoyable going back and and doing this rewatch. But, you know, I want to start off with something that Olivia says to Peter because it's so apropos. And this is, this comes up later in the episode. There really isn't a point where things just can't get weirder. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. That is so true. And, right? and, it, and it made me think of Fred's comment and his feedback. Here we go again, eight, nine minutes and 20 seconds this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, about 1899 and the issues he had with that, with trying to figure out what's going on. And I thought, and I think Fred even realized, that, you know, and mentions it in his feedback, but now we're talking about fringe as if oh yeah fringe that's easy to understand yeah this right. this all makes sense <laughs> so uh anyway yeah. um, well, i think fringe i think we you know part of if i, I remember i mean it's been a while since we talked about it but i seem to remember kind of discussing how they 
do a pretty good job of balancing out the questions and the answers to yes. keep us, you know, both guessing all the time, but also satisfied that we have an idea of what's going on. Whereas with like 1899, I, like there were many points on our watching of that. I had absolutely zero clue what was going on. And even at the end, I'm still pretty sure I, I don't really hundred percent know what's going on. So. Yeah. And there's another quote that we'll get to later that I think plays into this whole idea. Um, one issue that I totally forgot about, and, and of course at the time it wouldn't have meant anything to me, but I'm watching, I'm thinking like, all right, agent Jessup looks familiar. I know. Right. <laughs> like at first I'm like, man, I, how do I know this actress? Megan Markle, a.k.a. Out. Megan Duchess of Sussex. And yeah. I went to her IMDb page because I was curious where Fringe fell in her career. And, you know, she had about 20 or so acting credits before the Fringe, but still, you know, relatively early in her career. They've modified it. It's no longer Meghan Markle. It is now Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. I, I saw this when I said on IMDb. That's hilarious. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was, that's crazy because, I mean, back, obviously, when this first, you know, aired, who knew Meghan Markle from a hole in the wall, right? Yeah. She was just another actress who was just in, you know, she, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought she was awesome. She oh, did my really, gosh, really good yes. job. She was fantastic. In it. But- she was not someone I would have noted, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm watching, I'm like, God, man, she really looks familiar. Like, yeah. You know, and then just a quick uh, IMDb jump, and it's like, oh my God, it's we've got royalty on Fringe. Here we go. You know, again, until the credits, you know, were, were rolling, I again, I didn't realize it. Um, now, did you notice in, in that opening scene where the the shapeshifter, you know, accosts that guy? He goes into his apartment, kills him, and then, you know, does the whole thing. Did you notice what was on TV? Yes, uh, The X-Files, right? Yeah, Mulder. And, and that was an episode. It wasn't really a shapeshifter, it, it, but Mulder, it, it was some sort of, like, body transfer. I forget exactly what was going on in that episode, but I thought, all right, well, that's kind of cool. That was a great Easter egg. Yes. Because um, and, and you just – is a very fleeting moment as the – camera kind of pans around just kind of all of a sudden you catch a very quick glimpse of um the x-files on the television that that's that's what i'm talking that's the kind of stuff that makes me love this show man yeah and, and there's actually you know in this episode when Broyles goes before the uh, senatorial hearing or whatever it is and and the the one senator he he even mentions I don't think he says the X files, but he mentions X as a designation for, you know, some of the, the projects that they're working on, which, okay, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. And then I'm thinking like, well, wait a minute, how did fringe get permission? I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. They're both Fox shows. So mm -hmm. anyway, but more to the actual episode, I, I guess at this point we have to acknowledge that Charlie's dead. Yeah, and I i mean, you know, like you said, it's been so long um, since I've watched Fringe. I kind of knew that, that at some point he gets replaced, but I, you know, I guess I was just assuming it would be by the other Charlie from the other universe, you know, completely forgot that he gets like legit killed. Yeah, but I had completely forgotten that this was the episode in which he meets his demise. Right. So at, at this point, and I'm generally not a big fan of the shapeshifter whole, you know, lit, uh, narrative device. Well, you're not a fan of Kirk Acevedo either. Well, I'm not, but he's okay. I, you know, <laughs> I like him. Uh, but yeah. yeah, but but uh, I mean, I mean, at this point now. We're thinking, all right, how long until somebody notices that this is really not Charlie? So I, I don't remember, you know, how, you know, his true identity comes to light. I, I, I you know, I would say I obviously feel like it, does. it won't be long, you know, like, like how, how long can this guy pretend to be an FBI agent? Right. You know? Right. Or gal or whatever. Well, well right. Because I think the 
assumption that we're making at this point because Charlie Francis is, I believe, the fourth body this guy has been in because he's in Charlie now. He was in the nurse right before that. Yeah. He was in the guy whose apartment he broke into before yep. that. And the original, the guy in the car, he jumped into. Right. And I think they showed like a, like a, a profile of a woman that might have been like fingerprints they found. So maybe he was that, even that woman before. So, I mean, certainly those, we have four certainly confirmed people that he has shifted into and who knows how many others before that. Right. And I think if you talk about the stretching levels of credulity that he actually is also able to access their memories and, and things like that. I mean, when the nurse is in Olivia's room, she's asking all the right questions. Mm, right. Seems like she's asking a lot of questions, trying to get her to remember. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but initially when she's asking, you know, bringing up medical questions and and you know almost like an actual nurse would would do and then then, like you said it didn't take long to start pressing her and then uh, i guess you don't know anything time to die yeah so which at first i'm like why you know like i'm like all right i'm pretty sure that this nurse like she just seemed like threatening right from the start so i'm like all right i'm pretty sure we're looking at the shapeshifter here like well why isn't she killing olivia already like you know, that that is the whole point, right? They went to the typewriter. The typewriter said kill her. But then I, then I realized, oh, wait, there's something that Olivia saw or they think she might know that they're trying to get out of her before they kill her. Right. Now, and then really, like strangling, is that that's how you're going to try and do it? Like, you know, come on. Yeah. Now, the other thing, and we talked about this at the end of season one, once we've established that there is an alternate universe, I think it's pretty clear now. I think we have enough evidence that Walter stole Peter from the alternate world to replace his son in this prime universe who died at age seven. Right. Because Um, we saw him by the the grave. Right. And episode of season one. Right. And in this episode, he, he talks about, you know, he's talking to Peter, you know, in these kind of vague terms. But, but I think knowing what we know, because of course, Peter hasn't seen the headstone with his name and birth right. and death dates on it, but he talks about having lost something precious and, and doing something, you know, pr- pretty radical to deal with that. Um, you know, the whole coin collecting thing, the, the custard that of course right. he doesn't remember. And, and, you know, so you, well, Peter says, I hate custard. And, and Walt is like, no, you loved it when you were a boy. I mean, how many times in season one did we hear something like that? Right. Sure. Where Walter and Peter disagreed about some detail from Peter's childhood, but now we're like, well, oh, okay. Cause this isn't the Peter. This isn't Walter's Peter. Right. So this Peter does not like custard. Walter's Peter did, but this isn't that kid. So, right. Um, so now it just, we're, we're in on it now, which we weren't uh, in season one. So I think the question, and I don't remember if we asked it at the end of last season, but certainly I think a reasonable question to ask now is, why doesn't this Peter remember? Because he's brought from the alternate world to the prime world at age seven i I mean i don't feel like i have a ton of memories from age seven but i feel like i would remember being brought from another world to new parents but maybe not i mean i guess you're the parents they're not new right well well, they look the same yeah sure so for a kid yeah i don't know like yeah, that that but that's a valid question, right? Like how come Peter just has absolutely zero recollection of any of this? Yeah. Now, I guess you could argue that it was that traumatic that he blocked it out and I I think on the one hand we see the character of Peter Bishop as this guy that would that kind of thing would never bother him that much that that you know, he would just put it behind him and move on, but this is an adult. That was a seven-year-old right. boy. And if you're if you're a seven-year-old kid, 
are you going to remember? Are you going to know that you were pulled out of your world and brought into an alternate world to live with people who look just like your parents from the previous world? Like, you know, like that kid would definitely believe that my parents seem a little different, but I mean, they're my parents for crying out loud, you know? Sure. Like, it's not like he would be thinking, oh man, dad's acting totally different. I wonder if he has captured me and brought me into some kind of parallel universe. Like, he wouldn't, right? He would probably just, as a kid, would just accept the world as it's presented to him. Yeah. Now, now the other thing that I, I was wondering about, and I don't really have an answer, hopefully you'll be able to clear this up, the car accident that we see at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. So did the accident originate in the alternate universe and finish in the prime universe? Is, is that what happened? I mean, he, you know, in, in episode 20 of season one, you know, we see Olivia have a near accident. And then the next thing you know, she, she, we see this real brief flash. And then next thing you know, she's meeting William Bell in the South Tower that wasn't taken down in the uh, uh, 9-11 incident. So... You know, I I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily matters, but that does seem to be what happened because the guy that was sent to kill her was from the other world. I thought. See now, now we're yes, yeah, okay. But we don't. I mean, we just. uh, Um, I mean, like, I I guess I just assume that because, like, you know, the message on the typewriter. We assume it's from the other world, right? Yeah. Um, and then all this stuff, like being able to shapeshift in the first place is, you know, not something that is possible in, in this world. So, yeah. So Agent Bishop points out about the the tire skid marks and, you know, she, he, she and Peter figure out that they weren't trying to stop they were in fact accelerating you know deliberately trying to hit her so okay anyway so we don't necessarily need to belabor that just the one thing you know a little bit of this episode the truth about peter bishop that we've already talked about you know as a boy you love custer you just forgotten but the other thing that i found fascinating was that and and one of those laugh out loud moments Broyles finds Peter drinking in a bar when they think that Olivia is going to die and that they're going to, you know, you know, pull the plugs from her the next day. And Peter's like, how'd you find me? I work for the FBI. <laughs> like, I yeah. still laugh even saying that again. But did you notice what was playing in the background? What music? Oh, yeah. It was uh, I Can't Find My Way Home. By yeah. So... I'm thinking, well, okay. I mean, Peter, now he doesn't know that this isn't truly his home. I mean, I guess you could argue, well, it's his home now, but it's not his original home. And, and you know, is he going to ever find out the truth about his origin story? And then will he try to find his way home? I mean, at this point, we can. And, and again, this might be a case where I'm reading too much into it, but I don't think so. This J.J. Abrams, for goodness sakes. Right. Well, I, I mean, it, it can reasonably infer that they're introducing all this stuff about Peter to us because ultimately he is going to find out. Um, again, Chekhov's gun. And again, it's also reasonable to think that that might upset him a little bit. <laughs> Uh, when he finds out about himself. And uh, one of the things that would be a perfectly natural reaction is the desire to go back to his original world and, and to meet with, if, you know, the original, you know, who who's there in the original world? Like, is, is his mom still alive there? Is Walter alive there? Right. And I guess for me, more to the point, it's the Walter in this world that he sees as his father. And we know they were estranged for 20 years or more. And, and we understand how it got to that point and to now see the relationship that the two have ha- are having and, and continue to build on, you know, if we get to that point, it's going to be positively heart wrenching because 
there are just so many really touching scenes be- yes. between the two of them. Yep. And, you know, I mean, it's certainly something to look forward to. I mean, you almost know in five seasons it's got to be addressed at some point. Sure, sure. So, like you said, how Peter is going to react to that, um, you know, will all the goodwill that, that this Walter has built up be enough? So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it just lends this a, a, a level of weight to all their interactions, honestly, right? Like, we're just watching them. It should be a normal Walter Peter moment, but now we have this realization that Peter does not. Of, of the reality of it. And it just, you know, as we said before, it lends just this whole level of ironic meaning to almost everything they say and do together. Yeah. Now, you know, at the scene of the accident, which is where we're first introduced to agent Jessup and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And I forget the one agent uh, says to her, yeah, good luck. You, you drew the, assignment on this one as if nah this one's not going to be fun because it's going to be difficult to solve but as we learn about her that's exactly what she's been as she says to peter i've been waiting for you people my whole life yeah so Hmm. so that was great but um you know once peter and walter arrive on the scene and 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 we realize that the airbag didn't deploy the seatbelt is still intact Walter gets in there. I'm not sure exactly what it is Walter's doing in there. You know, he's fiddling around with with something. Yeah, I think that's what I say. He's just fiddling around. Right. And then the next thing you know, I think the the horn starts honking. He gets out of the car in time. And then we get our first jump scare when Olivia comes crashing through the window, which is just talk about stunning visual effects. Yeah. And and stunt work. So while we were talking, I actually just really quick went back and, and watched the almost accident from the last episode of season one. And she's in a totally different car. And it's so I don't think it's this is the tail end of that accident. This oh, OK. Is, I, I be, it seems like this is something that a chase maybe that originated in the other world and, and ended up in this one. OK. And, and I guess after her meeting with William Bell. Yes. Right. As, as opposed to the other one, you said different car. That's because she hadn't met William Bell yet. So, all right. So anyway, Olivia's rushed to the hospital. And, and again, as Fred points out in his feedback, we pretty much know that she's going to survive this. Now, we don't know how long she's going to be out of action. Is she going to be in a coma or whatever? I mean, I, again, I think uh, we we know at this point, this is Olivia Dunham and some, something's going to happen. Peter leans in to kiss Olivia goodbye because she has a DNR and, and and they're going to pull the plug the next day. And all of a sudden we get jump scare number two. She yeah. sits up, speaks a foreign language, which I think most of us assumed was Latin. We, of course, learn later it's Greek and then starts screaming like, OK, so that was pretty cool. And then and then the whole idea that somebody told her there's something she's got to do and just just like walter you know in the season one finale where he goes to the house he knows he's looking for something he just doesn't know what right and and here again maybe we get some insight into why peter doesn't recall anything because olivia can't really recall where she was or what's going on she's very disoriented right so is it a byproduct of the accident well, I'm sure to a certain extent, is it a byproduct of traveling between universes? Kind of likely. Now, yeah. I guess you take the two together. I mean, look, they talk about the severe head trauma. Yeah, she still looked pretty good. A, a few scratches and, you know. Right, having gone straight through a windshield, right? Yeah, she looked like she was in pretty good shape. Okay, fine, whatever. That That's um, rather they do that than than, you know, the other. Peter goes to the Boston field office because because look th- this is what he does he needs to file and I love the girl it's like <laughs> yeah. runs it through the scanner it, it, like just like no question right through the shredder she's, she's got the shredder like right there like it's not even like oh I need to confiscate he's just like bam yep and straight into the shredder and Man, he, that's harsh and he's ready to I I 
half expected somebody to have to cuff him. Nope, I'll take him. <laughs> Jessup was like, perfect. I'm with her. <laughs> yeah, there were there were just some great lines. Royalty has its perks. Man. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So anyway, so the, so they get there, and um, this is the first time she meets Walter. Is he crazy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's like well, <laughs> most definitely. Peter. Peter. They told me I could ride in the back with the body. Can I? <laughs> yes, Walter. But lay off the drugs. And did you see the look Walter gave him when he said that? He had like, a very upset look on his face. Yeah, like really. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, yeah Walter, really. Riding with the uh, the body if I can't take any drugs. I mean, come on. Yeah, and that this is that point where she tells him, I think I've been waiting for you people my whole life. And, and uh, you know, I, I – I, well, never mind. I don't want to say that. It's like I, I had to know whether we're going to see Agent Jessup anymore because, as I, again, I was, I was telling Mary about Meghan Markle being in this episode and – the end of the episode, it certainly seems as if we're going to see more of Agent Jessup right. as she's taking notes, which I'm assuming she was looking at the the notes were related to the cases that Fringe is working on. It looked like, yeah, she was going back through all of the Fringe Division's old cases. But then I think the Bible verses, she was, she, they were like R something. So was it Revelations? I mean, that would seem to make sense given, you know, everything we, we've got. But but I, you don't really know, know the connection she's making between the cases they've worked on and and any Bible passages. That That's for sure. So, no. and I, I, you know, I did look at IMDb to see who she was because I was so like, God, where do I know this this actress from? Uh, but I did not go any further to see how many episodes of Fringe – she was on, and obviously I have absolutely no recollection because back at the time, it wouldn't have really been a big deal to me whether Meghan Markle was in one or ten episodes of Fringe. Right, right. right. I mean, so. she got the primary guest star role because she's in this episode quite a lot and, and certainly acquits herself really well, as we, we've said from the start. I'd forgotten about the shapeshifter going into the shop to use the special typewriter right that was i thought that was always like watching the first time that was like one of my favorite parts of the whole universe here of the you know the going in on the typewriter and everything yeah it's just so cool yeah and i i guess that was a mirror yeah set up next to it so then it's a question all right is this like a mirror is this like a portal into the other universe that that's how the two you know communicate with each other because the type you know he would type his end and then you'd look in the mirror and you know you would see it typing but then it was typing on his typewriter as well i start at first i thought well is he reading it on the mirror but i don't know that was i don't want to say it was confusing but no, it just, it, it seems like there is that mirror there and, and that would seem to indicate that that is somehow significant for the portal between the two worlds. But yeah, he would type his end of the conversation on the, on the I almost said the computer, on the typewriter and then uh, you know, they would respond, whoever's at the other end would respond by typing and, and that the typing would appear on, on his typewriter as well it's just it's so nice to say the word typewriter all these many times you know, don't really get many times uh, chances to do that nowadays yeah well, we don't know how many uh, members of our audience are maybe in their 20s or even below so for those of you did you even know what a typewriter was yeah like, <laughs> sometimes i'll tell my i went through my students for a loop i'm like just tell them about typewriters you know you know we used back in the day now but more to the point who orders Olivia's death from the other universe? Right. So we really have no idea. And honestly, I don't have a clue. I can't remember. I can kind of speculate. I'm not going to say it out loud. But um, yeah, I mean, I have an idea. Uh, but again, I, I totally do not remember. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, that 
really the the principal question and you know whether that's going to be something that that Olivia and Peter will try to parse out once you know she's out of the hospital and 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 back home cuz i think right now the only person in the other world who knows about Olivia i think is William Bell right yeah as far as I know, sure. Because um, she interacted with like Charlie there, and I think she interacted with Broyles there, but they assumed that she was the Olivia from that world. Right. Um, so I think the only person, but so I guess our main suspect right now would be William Bell. William Bell. Right. Because he would be the only person that we know of that actually knows that Olivia can travel between the two worlds. Now, Peter takes Jessup to the lab. And again, last chance to turn back. Don't you know? I don't. I don't know if he says, "Don't say I didn't warn you," but he might as well have. Sure. Uh, again, you know, nothing is going to surprise Agent Jessup. And again, they go in there, Amy Astrid, Astrid Amy, and just goes on about. And then, of course, Gene the cow moves in the background. Nope that that barely registers with agent jessup just i think uh, that kind of surprised her a little bit yeah but definitely was not expecting to see a living cow in the in the laboratory yeah well that's probably true um you know before i forget the the one scene that that really did strike me is when peter runs into uh, olivia's sister at the hospital right and that's when you know she mentions about the dnr but but more to the point she says you know she really liked you or likes you and i'm thinking like all right on the one hand you know because peter and god i can't think of her name rachel rachel yeah kind of had a little thing going sure for a little while and and obviously she liked him but I, you got the sense that she always knew that he really liked Olivia, but that for whatever reason, the, the fact that they work together, whatever, she also she knows her sister. Probably, well, she's also swimming against the insurmountable tide of, uh, you know, Peter Olivia, you know, um, shippers that were existing at the time. Well, well, sure, but just even within the context of the show. That you know, these are two people that are working together on a daily basis. They're 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 saving each other's lives. How, how you know? It's almost like again, just that's that's an insurmountable mountain that that she had no chance. But this is her sister, so to tell Peter, okay, it, it maybe it's too late, but she really liked you, and I I guess I thought, but she really really liked you peter just she, yeah but we we know what she was saying so that was cool sure. and, and in the big picture I, I don't know how important it is i mean we're gonna still ship them since she's living yeah. um but uh which I, you know again it, it's like uh, you know i don't even, like when shows do things like this you're just like why are, are you pretending like like she could potentially die we know you're not gonna kill off olivia dunham Right. In the first episode of season two, it's not going to happen. So just stop. Right. But I think once we're beat past that, and, and I agree with you, there are all sorts of ways they could approach it. Now, one of the first things the doctor says to her, do you, do you know who you are? Do you know what year it is and all that? And, and obviously her cognitive functions seem to be spot on. Now, granted, it's a very cursory uh, questioning period but but still they could have you know taken it i mean it's fringe for goodness sake they could have taken it all sorts of ways where she speaks greek and is some other person entirely that i mean we don't know how did she know what peter's mother said to him every night before going to bed i mean that makes no sense how she could know that at this point but well we don't think that she i mean she said it but she didn't know it because she had no idea what what she said oh. but but you're right like then why why did she say that like how where does that come from right uh, of all the greek phrases she could have uttered yes because <laughs> it would be just greek to me yeah <laughs> nice um maybe my favorite scene in, in the entire episode and there were a lot of them i mean fred gives this one an a and i would certainly concur um when 
Walter pulls out the videotape. Now, how he was able to find that one so quickly, <laughs> right? Because his filing systems aren't the best, but whatever. And it's that woman wearing the headpiece and part of an experiment he did with William Bell. And I, when he said with belly, and I kept expecting Agent Jessup to say belly, and he's like William Bell, and she's like the William, Bell? but. They didn't go there, so I guess they've they've gone to that well on a number of occasions. Yeah. But the idea was for this woman to see God, and and I'm making air quotes. But it's really just like a chilling sequence because this woman clearly has been able to access. We have no explanation how the whole shapeshifter storyline that that we're facing now and and she refers to him as a soldier and then of course you know peter and jessup again parse out the well you know what does a soldier do stays on mission until it's completed so you know then he realized he's got to get to olivia and and right which i thought was weird that like so they go to look at the the dude's body right yeah the shapeshifter killed and then that's when they realize that whoever it is is a soldier that's on mission. Like, I don't know why, why they had to go there for that realization to happen. I didn't quite make that connection. Yeah, I, I guess. And, and, you know, so I, I guess when you put it all together, maybe that was just, uh, you know, the spark that, that, you know, really, I guess, got them at, at that point. Yeah. I don't know. What else you want to bring up? And it's um, one thing we're dealing with a 42 minute episode, which, uh, yeah. Right, yeah, it was pretty, pretty went by pretty quickly. Yes. Um, so a couple of things. Well, one, like you know, in in the hospital, Olivia is unable to load her gun. You know, like, and that's so that that's kind of now. Eventually, by the end, she is. Um, but that's just kind of weird, and even weirder that the hospital staff just lets her keep a gun under her pillow. I don't know. Feel like that would not be. Standard operating procedures in most hospitals, but uh, so Broyles, right? Broyles is talking to the uh, the committee, the congressional committee there, and um, he says three administrations and six wars. And I, I mean, I didn't do the math on that, but I'm like, wait, six wars? Like, um, I, I was wondering if that meant there's a couple that happened that we didn't really know about in the general public and everything. Well, I guess maybe two Gulf Wars, um, Vietnam. He seems too young to have fought in Korea. Yeah, that's you're you're up to three. Yeah. So do uh, we count like Granada? Well, of course, Uh, you know. I don't know. That was an actual. Maybe so. I you know I I I think the assumption or what I assume is that he's referring to a couple wars that happened like a little bit off the books. I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But he you know he basically gives like the. The you can't handle the truth speech here, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, you know, from a few good men. Right. And when yeah. and when it gets to that point, you'll thank God that you have yeah, us. That, that, that. <laughs> you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Yep. So Fred asked about the nurse, right? Like, wh- how is the nurse's body down there if he's killed Charlie and shifted in the in the Charlie? And I, I thought that as well when I when I first saw it. And um, then you're thinking about today when I probably should have been, you know, grading stuff and everything. I, I thought, oh, well, he, you know, we, didn't, we don't know when he killed the nurse, right? He could have killed her ages ago and just stashed her body down there. And then, you know, obviously he killed Charlie, transformed into Charlie, stashed Charlie's body, pulled out the nurse's body. But, of course, all that sounds like how could that all take place in the, which we assume was not a lot of time between Peter and Amy hearing the gunshot and them, you know, coming upon Charlie. Right. Because the nurse, the nurse's body would have had to have been in the hospital room, right? Well, wherever he, you know, he could have, like, again, we didn't oh, you're see him right, kill you're the right. nurse, so well, you, he, he could have killed her and brought her body down the basement, or maybe he killed her down there in the first place. Right, because remember, that's when he runs into the nurse. She's like, is she? I don't know if she's having a cigarette or what. She's kind of like at what looks like a loading bay or something like right. that. And, and so that's, 
obviously when he does it and then like you just said he probably stashed her body inside so still seems like all that happened pretty quickly um but you know and then he would have to get undressed and dressed in the charlie's clothes as well but what it boils down to is the supreme kick in the nuts that is having charlie francis get killed off in the very first episode of season two yeah even though we're going to get to see kirk acevedo for you know for however long as the you know faux charlie but it's not charlie yeah right right? it's like so it's and and to you know just that i mean i can't remember how i felt the first time i saw that but i have to think that was probably fairly upset yeah I'm upset seeing it now. Well, <laughs> so you know, but but again, the shock of it the first time when I I totally didn't see that coming was must have been horrific. Right, but I mean, I I think that's one of the issues that we all have with with shows of this ilk that the stakes for characters have to be there. I mean, we know they're not going to kill off Peter Walter or, or Olivia. The stakes for the other characters, they, they need to be there. So I think for, for if anything, it, it really, for me, is a badge of honor for the show's showrunner and writers that they were willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not going to, you know, you're not going to kill Peter. They're not going to kill Olivia. But, you know, Charlie was pretty far up there. And actually, you think about it, like, our, you know, uh, who was it, The um, Olivia's boyfriend in the first episode? Oh, yeah, John Scott. Scott, right? Like, I mean, he was a big character right from the start. Um, and he got killed in the very first episode. Yep. So, well, you know, they, they definitely have shown a willingness to go there. Well, that's because he and Anna Torv got divorced. Oh, is that the deal? I don't know. They were married yeah. in real life. but Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, the line where uh Peter's like, you know, Walter, will you forget about the custard? Walter goes, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Just such a like like you said, I mean, just shows really the, this uh really great uh building of this relationship or you know, re restructuring, reforming of this relationship between these two men that um that that's uh, really great. Uh, you know, Walter saying that's correct. Asterix, yeah. Astrid, yeah, <laughs> like just every time. I, I'm sure there's a, a collection somewhere of every name that he calls Astrid besides Astrid. Uh, oh, the the kiss between Broyles and Nina. Yeah, Fred brings that up in his feedback, and 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 I think Fred's right that there's nothing going on now. Maybe there was at one time, but still, I. You know, even if they used to have something, because I think Broyles is married. I think we've heard that. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. But even if they had a relationship, it's long over. I I don't know if you kiss him on the lips. I don't know. On the cheek, sure. Give him a hug, sure. But I don't know. It it seemed like there was still something there. Yeah. So um, I, I can't remember if we got any hint of that. Like in either world, because I, did we, did we, I know we saw I Broyles remember. in the other world, but I don't know if we saw Nina there. I think that that uh, might be it, though. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we hear what Fred's got, uh, whatever's left that we haven't already talked about, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Fringe Season 2, Episode 1. Wow, Fringe, yeah. I'm very excited about that, very happy about that, and that possibly, if you keep going on for the next 23 episodes for the next half year, this will give me at least uh, a little bit of more understanding than in 1899. Although, even with Fringe, you don't know. Sometimes it's very weird. Okay, first off, coming back to last week's podcast, that was my Patreon choice, 666 Park Avenue, the pilot... And I listen to your podcast as often on my way to work and back. And I really (laughs) cracked during cycling. I bursted out in laughter when I heard Wayne saying the following. Right. 
Now, um, you know, you mentioned the name of the uh, the husband and wife. He's a playwright. She's a photographer. And we learn that her assistant quits. Meanwhile, we see that uh, he spends a good part of his day peeping on the neighbor in the building across the street who clearly knows that he's peeping on her. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. she's probably Dutch and doesn't believe in curtains, so she'll just... Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the bystanders who saw me cycling probably thought, what's happening with this guy? What I did is followed your advice and watched episode 20 of season 1, as you suggested on Facebook, and that indeed helped to get back into fringe mode. It was a great episode to watch again, and I graded it then as A+, and on IMDb as a 10, and I would do that again. And you know what a harsh grader I am, so this really says something. Furthermore, a little disclaimer. After you finished the podcast about Fringe Season 1, it was doubtful if you would ever do this. So I was doubting, do I wait until they go on? And I did watch the first three episodes, but not any further. So I do know something about the first three episodes, but not further on. And we'll watch that just as we go week to week. So I don't know if you're going to do a spoiler zone, but if you do, I won't listen to it. And before I now go into episode one of season two, I of course want to congratulate you on your 500 sci-fi TV rewatch podcast. Of course you did more, but this has the golden, platinum, whatever, metal or even jam number of 500. Really, really impressive guys. And I'm still feeling honored that I was allowed and able to go along for the last 265 of them. Okay, episode 1 of season 2. The opening scenes are of course great, with suddenly Agent Dunham flying out of this empty car. Also nice seeing Meghan Markle as Agent Jessup, just in a role as an actress, instead of a duchess. I hope she stays around. The interaction between her and Peter Bishop is quite fun. I like that the shape-shifting goes with a tube and a device, and not just in a miraculous way, but in a kind of physical way. A little doubtful is, of course, the speed with which the nurse transfers to Charlie, and not only the shape-shifting, but also the redressing. I mean, at the end, the Charlie clone dumps a naked Charlie into the oven. So shape-shifting and changing clothes was a little bit much for the available time. Second nitpick is why do we see two Charlies? Why didn't it alien didn't leave a nurse body? What do we have to think of Nina Sharp kissing Philip Broyles? I think it shows a kind of old friendship or old love. Nothing present. But it was a kiss on the mouth. I do love clones, as you know, but the Charlie thing at the end is creeping me out. Well, that Olivia was dead or going to die creeped me out as well, but much less, because you really know she won't die with three more seasons coming up. But whether Charlie survives, I wouldn't know. Not the first series that kills off a main character. And we really shouldn't lose Charlie, especially if you saw how he was talking to her as a real friend in the hospital. And if we do lose Charlie, I think Jessup should replace him. I think this episode is as good as the previous one, so episode 20 of the first season. So I should give it an A plus and a 10, but to have some wiggle room, I will go for a 9.5 and, and a straight A. This was all greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, definitely got to agree with Fred on his grade of A. Now he gives it a 9.5 because he also uh, grades on IMDb as well. Right. And he mentions the A plus for episode 20 of season one. Uh, you know, you and I haven't really talked about it, but I think it's safe to say that we'll continue with Fringe. I mean, maybe not, you know, 
two, three, four, five, you know, the probably going to be other shows we do in between, but uh, I'm enjoying this too much to not, not come right. back to it. So he did mention half a year. And then I'd like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God. Well, that's, that's true. A, that's a commitment, man. Like when you do a show like friends, this is uh yeah. A significant commitment on our part, but yep. I'm I'm psyched about that because I I just I love Fringe so much. Yeah. This, this show is so great. Yep. Episode 500 for us, uh, 265 yeah. for Fred. Wow, that's yeah. pretty yeah. impressive. But, so, oh, there, there's just one more thing about about Fred because um, he talked about how like you know with the 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 how the shapeshifter did it, they actually kind of made it look like this was something that's actually physically possible instead of just some kind of magical transformation. And that's something I kind of like about, and we've talked about this more with about this before with fringe. It's not hard science because the stuff that happens in fringe is not scientifically a thing, but they make it seem like it's hard science, you know, sure. like they, they try to give us an explanation that sounds like it's based in actual science. So I, I, I kind of like how they do that. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, the whole idea, it seemed as if he was breaking the bones in his face in anticipation of, you know, the, the three-pronged thing that they jam right. up the soft palate as if that would make his face more malleable. So, yeah, I'm sure, that seems reasonable I'm, I'm with that. But, but, sure. <laughs> but he also points out about the speed of the shape-shifting and, and how quickly he seems to be able to execute the process so whatever we've talked about you know the whole narrative aspect of of the show they've got 42 minutes you got to speed things up so yep and then he brings up could we have jessup replacing charlie okay i I was going to say i love charlie and then you were going to call me liar and and then i would say (laughs) no never mind we won't we won't go down that political I would, I wouldn't say it no this, this is a state of the union address yeah exactly but uh hey i don't think any of us would argue now best of both worlds we'd have jessup and charlie but yeah um i don't think we're gonna get jessup for too long so anyway. yeah but yeah i, I agree that, that I, it seems like she's gonna be at least maybe one more episode. yeah that end scene i mean how do you end her character with that right and then right that's and then it. not ever come back to her right unless the next week she got swept off her feet by some red-headed brit yeah and then that was the end of her acting career but i don't think that's what happened yeah well she's still got to go through her suits phase so i don't know we could get back to talking about 500 i guess you know, like, yeah which i i interrupted but i apologize for that no that's good so Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going full on A. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, you know, I, I usually don't like giving early episodes anything more than an A minus, just because you know I feel like you got to work up for some. But you know, I guess we're still holding on to the A plus, and uh, we know that with Fringe, there's going to be a lot of A's out there anyway. So. Yeah, and I think the the thing this episode has is it addresses the show's mythology in some depth if you want to call the whole shapeshifter thing you know a monster of the week episode to a certain extent all right fine that's true to a certain extent but but that that we do get you know a, a fair amount of the the multiverse you know yep. in this episode and right right because it was introduced to us pretty recently right uh, in the end of the last season so um, for them to just jump straight back into it here, that was awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we leave it there? It's a long road, but it's going to be an enjoyable one for sure. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe, The Peripheral, 1899, anything going on in your genre world. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't done that already. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of the Fox series Fringe. But until then... You know, Dave, you know, being over 50, um, you know, I got the uh, old colonoscopy taken. And I think that the anesthesia didn't work as quickly as it should have. Because I distinctly recall hearing the doctor say, feel his anus, it's soaking wet. I knew you were going to go there. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.